Welcome back, my Mindset Explorers. Today's episode has a lot of vulnerability in it. There's a lot of tough conversations that take place and things that are brought up regarding struggles and being a man and having cancer and coming back from being in the war, being in the military, and then trying to figure out your way in life. And I think it brings us an understanding for those that might not have those same walks and have that same walk of life. It brings an understanding to the mind of the struggles that a lot of people are facing, a lot of our veterans are facing, a lot of our male prostate cancer survivors or even prostate cancerese, people that have cancer of the prostate. And I think it brings into an aspect of understanding that, again, is my understanding perspectives and beliefs and struggles that we've all faced and a number of other people face. And David in this show brings to light a lot of struggles that he's had. And I can align with a lot of them. And I can say I've even had them in my own ways. Maybe not to the degree, but I can say that I've begun and I have had them before. And what he brings to light is really an honor. So what you gain from this show is perspective of what it's like to be a veteran and come back. What it's like to try to come back into the civilian world. And then what it's like to be a cancer survivor or even have cancer. And we all know cancer runs rampant throughout our country and around the world. So again, if you haven't had something close to you impact you like this, listening to somebody else's story in this regard is eye-opening. And I wanna share this now early in the show because if you have time September 10th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. down at Larry Bell Park in Marietta, Georgia, David Moffat is having a prostate cancer awareness walk and family event. It's really worth checking out. If you want to see more information about it, I have some I have a link down in the show notes that you can check out more about and it's really worth hearing it. You're going to gain a lot of perspective around real talk and greater awareness about prostate cancer and what it does and affects how it affects men not going to really sugarcoat it anymore the show hits hard it's very vulnerable and it's eye-opening it's worth listening to let's get into it David, I'm super excited to have you on the show. I know your journey. We've talked outside of even being on this podcast and getting to know you as a person and your incredible being and an incredible man. And I have to say, it's a real honor to have you on the show and really get into your story and what you've overcome and the hurdles that you've faced being what you've really walked in this entire life. I'm really excited to get into that with you today. But first off, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, man. I'm, thank you. Good morning, by the way, B. I'm very humble, but very thankful and grateful that we're having this opportunity to collaborate. And I just want to have a good time, man. And if we can help somebody and encourage somebody and bless somebody, it's all good, man. Absolutely. Yeah, those are all great missions and objectives. And I definitely think people are going to walk away with something from that. So I like to get the show into an idea of figuring out where people came from. One of my favorite questions and my audience has enjoyed it thus far is I like to turn back the wheel of time and figure out 
who you were. So I want to know who David was on the playground as a kid. David was David was energetic, loved sports, but very reserved, shy kid. But when it came to sports, I guess that brought out my my personality a little bit more. But just I love being around people. It didn't matter what demographics. If we were out on the playground, it was all good, man. So that's who I was as a kid. <laughs> that's a good question, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It makes yeah. you right and think back as you were as a kid and all that sort. So being that energetic type and reserved, shy, going through, you're growing up. And were there struggles growing up for you that kind of wrote your childhood, if you will, or was it a pretty good childhood overall? I think for the most part, I would say it was a good childhood. It was tough. My parents divorced when I was 11-ish, 12-ish, I guess that pivotal age. They got separated. Maybe I was around 10. That was tough. That was tough. My mom was in corporate America. My dad was in law enforcement. And just the dynamics of our family just changed. So that was tough. And then wanting to I don't know, man. Just trying to navigate through that was tough now, thinking back on it. I really don't think about it too much now, but in those times, yeah, it was tough. And trying to look out for my sister and absorb some of the some of the break the brokenhood of our family dynamic. So Yeah, I think that's powerful. And I definitely can see the emotions of it and feel even emotions of it. I've I my parents divorced great or there was a later in my life. I was in my twenties when it happened, but I know divorce, we know divorce is common and children are sometimes unfortunately collateral damage in that regard for anybody that is unfortunately maybe potentially finding themselves in a divorce or going through a divorce as adults now and they do have kids speaking to your 11 year old self and feeling as if what you were struggling with understanding what wisdom or even in support could they provide their kids through that that you feel as if maybe you didn't get I think think as parents, we try to hide and protect. And I think just in my perspective, I think that probably does more damage. Some of the things that as kids, we don't understand. And I think we pick up on things like emotions and feelings and distance and that, those type of things. I think the like the relationship part. But I think if parents would uh, parents need to be more open with their children, even at those younger ages or whatever age, when it changes, just like anything else. Like if you're on a job or you're in college and your professor changes or whoever, your teacher changes, you have to kind of, you got to roll with the punches. You got to deal with life as it is. And I think a lot of times in our personal, we seem to try to protect instead of give the full truth and then grow from it. So I think that kind of stagnates the process of, children or young adults, really being able to embrace it, deal with it, and just in a more healthier manner, I would say. Because I believe they have a lot more questions. I believe they, as a child or young adult, you think things, you want to know things. And I don't think you have to know everything, but I think at least that conversation or giving the kids the platform to be able to express themselves. Yes. Vulnerability, man. Yes. There's that word. Yes. 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 A lot of times as parents, I think we'll probably go here a little bit later, but we have to be vulnerable in those moments. That's part of that's part of the life journey. And I think the more vulnerable we are, I think people are able to be better supports for us. And then even our children, I think we uh, we don't give them enough credit because we're thinking about their 
what they may feel emotionally, but life is life and they're going to have to deal with it one way or the other. Yeah. I think we also discount and maybe traditionally discount how smart a kid is, right? That we think we're faking it enough that they don't see it or feel it, but they see it. So I think giving that acknowledgement and that recognition of saying, hey, look, mom, dad, or whoever it is to that child, I'm, we're struggling right now. Hey, it, it, this is what I'm going through. We're going to get through it. Unfortunately, this is what's happening, but I'm here for you. You know, just creating that space. Oh, that's huge. We took a big, sharp left turn there and went real deep, but <laughs> it's good. I want to see, I know you went into military and I want to get into that aspect of getting into, you're a Marine or Marine, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so what was that like? Did you go right out of high school and get into being in the military? Oh, actually, I went, went to college route. And I went to John Jay University in Manhattan. And it was crazy, man. It was like, I don't know, 30 to 1. And uh, Manhattan, all the bars and all of that. So I ended up bumping into one of my cousins and one of his best friends and uh, started hanging out with them, cutting classes and drinking and girls and all of that stuff. And I knew that was not the road. That was really not the road. So I said I, I needed to do something different. And I wanted to do something I wouldn't do in like civilian life. I was talking to one of my good friends at the time and I was like, yo, man, let's go into service. Let's go into Marines on the buddy program. And he was like, all right, let's do it, man. So we were, <laughs> we was all signed up and I, I know his pops was pissed. He's like, you're not going in the Marines, man. No, hell no. <laughs> and it's crazy. He was in a pickup football game and broke his ankle. And so that canceled him out. And I still went with it, man. It changed my life forever. Yeah, it changed my life forever. I was four active, four inactive. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I was in the first Gulf. Yeah, was in Korea during the 88 Olympics. We did a security detachment over there. The college students were protesting. Did a security detachment in the Philippines, in the Panama when they kidnapped the students out there. So, um, yeah, saw some stuff, did some stuff that really impacted my life going forward. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of, you just speak into, and I know what you do now with veteran support and you're kicking that off and you're getting into really supporting veterans on the other end of it. We all know there's not enough, right? There just isn't enough support really poured into it. So definitely those weaknesses and even potentially listeners that are veterans or know somebody that is a veteran, what do you tell them when they're coming back, trying to integrate, if you will, back into civilian life? I bet that's a feeling it, of being lost. Yeah, man. What I would share with the civilian world is that it's a, it's not a light switch. You can't turn it on and turn it off. It took me over 20 years to go to the VA. So there was a lot of brokenness, a lot of damage. I have PTSD. And I would say to veterans coming back that, and I think, I just want to say men, that we just need to move and navigate differently when it comes to our feelings, emotions. And when I think we feel like we can't talk to anybody. And I was that, I was one of those poster boys. I wouldn't talk, shut down, internalized. Didn't feel like my family could relate or friends could relate outside of the guys that were in my units. But the things that we talked about were when we was drinking and doing dumb shit. <laughs> 
and uh, kind of surface talk. And there was not really, there was no healing in that. And I think where I'm at now is that vulnerability part, being vulnerable and being open and being able to let guys know that, or now we have ladies in the combat theater, so I don't want to forget about them, but that there you have somebody to talk to. And eventually I did get some counseling and that saved my life, man. Um, I had uh, two domestic violence situations. I remember my kids saying, dad, you got that look in your eye. What is that look? I remember my ex-wife saying it. I remember, I, I can remember my current wife saying, why do you look like that? And I could never see it inside out, but just that anger was just like a time ticking time bomb. So the counseling really saved my life, man, really gave me some tools to use. And the biggest thing was to learn what my triggers are, triggers were before I didn't know, I didn't have a clue. So just flying by the seat of your pants, you just life, being a dad, being a husband, being an employee, being a coach, being so many different things, but never paying attention to really ever dealing with yourself. Yeah, man, I would definitely say to that you're not alone. That's like my biggest thing. You're never alone, and especially with God, man. God is, he is awesome. He's just, he's an awesome fixture in my life. I could speak to that. And I said, he's been through the journey with me and I'm thankful that I know him to be able to tell my story in all capacities. Yeah, it's been a it's a blessing in all of it and the struggles of it and the walk that you've walked as well and just the healing process. We all go through it and some of us are in the early portions of healing. Some of us don't even know that we need to heal. So I want to say and I want to see what you think on this and maybe even wisdom that you can drop into it because you were on that blind side of it. Someone that doesn't think that they potentially have a problem or is there needing for healing, right? Because in the man world, if you will, I know I have it as well. Feeling as if I don't want to talk about it. I have done things coming from the streets of EMS. I've seen things, all types of stuff. I'm cool. There's no reason to talk about it. But I know that there is now on the other end, 2020 retrospect, hindsight, if you will. What would you say to somebody that is so <clears throat> apprehensive in counseling or talking about emotions? Where do they begin? It's crazy, man. I was just having a conversation about this with a couple of my friends the other day, this past holiday. And I think as men, we it's deposited in us early. We fall down, fall off your bike, scrape your knee fall off the fence, whatever it may be. We're taught to get up, man, stop crying. Just dust, dust yourself off. And I think with women, if it was a woman, and I'm not being chauvinistic or anything, but I think they're more geared to get that love and affection. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. We see it in sports. I'm sure I wasn't the fisherman or the hunter, but in those demographics, I'm sure it's the same message. But And I think that plant seeds for men. And I think that goes a long way because when we start, come of age when we're either in relationships or dealing with issues, we're not taught to show our feelings or emotions or how to communicate how we feel or being hurt or being neglected or being whatever that feeling may be. So I think we, it's hard for men just to, and then it's looked at as a sign of weakness, right? As men walk around with their Superman capes on and the corporate environment or on the field or the basketball court or whatever it may be, that's what we tend to do instead of pay attention to the things that are really important. So I think 
in the earlier ages, when we're young men, we need to, us as fathers and grandfathers, we need to change that conversation. Because I think if we do, that allow young men and younger men to be able to understand it's okay to cry, it's okay to show my feelings, it's okay to say I've been hurt or I'm sad, and it's okay to talk. That's not the boogie monster, to be able to talk to somebody. So I think those are probably some of good nuggets that we could all take as far as older men, as far as fathers and uncles and godfathers and grandfathers, to change the dynamics how we speak to our young men. Because I think that will go a long way into being a better version of ourselves. I could say being a more complete version of ourselves later on in life. Yeah, there's something about <clears throat> even if you're talking to a child or a, it could be your nephew, it could be even your niece, you know, everybody needs some kind of talk and communication. But like you said, there's this different type of lie or soil that's laid, fertilizer, seeding, whatever happens with this, the men mentality, if you will, where emotions aren't acceptable, right? You don't really talk about them. You're not supposed to do that. So if we can talk to the young men right now and the young boys and get them to recognize that this is normal. We're almost healing ourselves as well because we're talking to a younger version of ourselves in a way, right? So those conversations need to happen and we need to have healing take place. And man, there's so long in my life that I just ignored so many parts of anger and sadness and loneliness and unworthiness like all of these things that i just put it away be confident just pushing so i think that we just need to have that more those conversations with boys and men and even adults adults have really just sometimes inner children grown-up kids and just at times there's portions of ourselves that still need some healing i know that you walked that walk and healing and i know counseling was a huge part for that and i go to counseling as well and it's massive and there's so long that i fought against it and it's it's unfortunate so i think we we need to chip away at that more and I think that's really it, is just finding and I, somebody and having that conversation. And I think as a man, I took my mother and a friend of mine that's like a mother figure and my wife this past Mother's Day to a concert, Mother's Day concert. And it was all, it, I don't know, it was about 80% women in there, grandmothers and everything. It, it was a gospel concert and it was, it was awesome. But one of, the, one of the host towards, I don't know, three quarters of the way through, he stood up and he was like, Moms, I don't want to be disrespectful or anything like that. And it's Mother's Day and we're going to celebrate y'all. And it was, it, but I just want all the men that are in here to stand up. And so all the men start looking around. I don't want to be part of nobody's joke on Mother's Day. <laughs> and he was like, no, he's like, no, he needs to stop. He stopped joking around and stuff, but he became serious. And he was like, no, man, I just need y'all to stand up, man. And just look, y'all you bought your moms, your wives, your lady friend, and or your daughters or whoever. And I just want to celebrate men. Like, and the hesitation in the men just to stand up is we don't celebrate each other. And we, somebody celebrates us, we're like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need that. And we never take time to celebrate each other outside in the sports arena. Hey, I hit a home run. I ran a touchdown. Those type of things. But we're talking about endearment, affirmation, other men just supporting and uplifting each other. It's always has to be in a in a 
in a staged platform, right? It's not something that's done every day. So that really spoke to me. I, and I said what I was going to start being is more intentional in my relationships with my male friends, male family members, male coworkers, and just sending out like a little positive scripture to encourage the same ones I study every morning. But at the end of the day, to also let them know, to encourage them and tell them that I love them. Not that they're, just, not that they're blood, but really speak life of, look, man, I want to tell you daily that I love you, that I care about you, that I'm proud of you, that, that you inspire me. I'm here with you. That same walk that you walk, whether as a father, a husband, your faith walk, and, or just some of those down times where men struggle just to know that somebody's in your corner not judging, not condemning, but loving, uplifting. So that moment's really spoken to me, brother. And I just try to, in my daily walk, try to do that and try to increase it as the days and weeks go by. So, Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. And it's, that's so true. It's so true to just uh, the commonality or the lack thereof, of it being common, of just another dude saying, I love you, man. Like, why is that so weird? in our culture it's so break, breaking that and just saying come on man love doesn't have to be like i love you in a weird way or a relationship way like a, anything like that but i just hey man i really you're a good person you're a good guy you're a good man and you're an inspiration and in what you do and just being here now it's a blessing so yeah i think having those and just chipping that away and just yeah so we have a lot of work to do as men of healing. We do. So that's big. I want to walk into your journey of your cancer, finding that out. And I know we've talked outside of the show and I've gotten a lot of it and we don't have to get into all the details, but I want the listeners to see and feel what you went through because we know everybody knows at least one person that's had cancer if they haven't had it themselves. Cancer is very common. We know it shifts your mind and it shifts how you see the world and it shifts a lot. So I want to know, if you don't mind, just a little story, recap, what was it like for you and where are we at now with it? Oh, man, it was, it was devastating. Excuse me. I can't swear has taken so many of my family members, people that were dear to me. <clears throat> and uh, it was tough to hear it, especially when you think you're healthy and for the most part doing the right things, not having any symptoms or anything like that. It was a wake up call. And I think for me, it was my faith wake up call. Prostate cancer runs in my family. My dad had it, my grandfather, my stepfather, three men that are had serious impact on my life. Just never talked to me about it. My sister told me about my dad's version of it. My mother told me about my stepfather and my grandfather as I was going through it. And I thought that our relationships had substance. And then when you realize the men's health aspect, like we could talk about grades, education, finance, being a good person, but when it came to something close, bro, like when you revisit that relationship, it was surface. That hurt. That's tough. That's <clears throat> at some of their lowest points. Why couldn't you talk to your son or your stepson or your grandson? And maybe that's the 
reason why God's put gave me this assignment to not only speak to my son, my nephews, <clears throat> and others, complete strangers, about their health and knowing their family is just near near and dear to my heart. And I, I like I say, I, I believe it's my faith walk because God has just really shown me some things about Him, <laughs> about Him, and it's about Him that uh, he'll use us if we're just obedient and willing. And I'm thankful for the journey. I'm thankful and grateful for the journey, every aspect of it, from the hurt, the brokenness, the part of it. He really gave me some clarity as far as intimacy with him. And knowing him, he wanted a more intimate relationship with me. And he's taught me some things, shown me some things, and is, I believe, using me as a vessel to be able to minister to other men and their families and communities to be a voice and to serve others. And not just to be stuck on my own story, but to serve others and to help have a greater conversation and a greater awareness to this disease, which I call the silent killer because a lot of men don't talk about it or won't talk about it or don't know their family history, or won't go to the doctor, or don't have the means to go to the doctor, or if you do go to the doctor, can't afford a good healthcare system. And what I've also learned in this process is to be able to advocate for yourself, even in your healthcare journey, to speak up, to question, not just to sit there and, okay, that's a doctor, they know everything. They're people just like us to definitely question and if you feel like you're not getting the best care, then find someone that's going to give you the best care that you feel like you deserve. So it's been a, it's been, <laughs> I can, I'm thankful, bro, really. I'm just so thankful and so humbled. And I thank God for giving me the opportunity to be obedient in this season of my life and to trust me with his message. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's huge. The aspect of just being grateful for something like that outside in looking at you and hearing your story and then hearing that you're grateful for such a thing is just that's huge healing and that's powerful and that's inspi inspiration and motivation for anybody, even those that don't have cancer. So definitely condone and respect and uh, yeah honor all honor all of it of what you've gone through and all the sorts yeah definitely a journey that's difficult and like you said you've walked even alongside of people that didn't share their story with you and how that made you feel and i think again, we're following this thread throughout the show so far is this vulnerability of just <laughs> it's going yeah man it's crazy. And, and I tell you, uh, much pain is I, I believe that there was in my elders not talking to me. He filled that void, man. There's an elder gentleman in my support group that's in his mid-70s or getting close to 80 anyway. And, uh, and he shares, man. And he has, God has used him as a vessel to me. Filling that void, all those questions. And he says to me that <clears throat> I'm such an inspiration to him as well. Sometimes when we feel like we're not getting, God still supplies our needs, man. Maybe not our wants, but our needs. And yeah, man. Mr. Ali, I have to give him a shout out. He's a, He has blessed my heart.
in more ways. Just a simple conversation, man. Just a simple conversation. When we uh, when we talk, I can say, yo, my, my pops, my grandfather, my stepfather, this is must have been what they were going through. It's what they were feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, again, this, just like I said, this thread is that we're having, we have to have these conversations. And if it's somebody that we know or someone in there, that's a listener that knows somebody that's going through this, how would you initially recommend or even find support for somebody that's walking the walk themselves or know somebody that's walking this walk? Where do they go initially? Because we all know once you get this kind of diagnosis, <clears throat> million questions pop off. How do you support somebody or even support yourself through that? Man, it's crazy because we work for a healthcare system, right? <laughs> we work for a healthcare system. And the whole time I was going through the process, I didn't, that never resonated. I'm thankful that I had a, that I have an awesome wife who's been a rock and family members that have been very supportive and not everybody has that. But I think finding a support group or and people's different supports are different, whether they're in their local church or asking or maybe somebody knows or a referral. Like for me, it was, it was like it wasn't something I was thinking about. I was just thinking about trying to bounce back get back to work. And God was like, oh, you, this is what you're going to do. And I'm like, oh, hold up. What? Do what? <laughs> Start a support group? Or what are you talking about? And it's crazy how it started, man. My two VPs were in a meeting. And he was like, go in there. And I was like, what? And I asked them, hey, David, how you doing? What's up, ma'am? They're saying, we're so proud of you. And we're so thankful that you're doing well. And I was like, I want to start a support group. And I need a place to hold it. They was like, whatever you need. And then I started walking into people. People started coming to my work area. And I need you to talk to this person. I need you to talk to that person. It was another incident where a childhood friend of mine was on Facebook. And I saw a feed that he had prostate cancer. I'm like, what? Dang. So I went in and we were going back and forth. Didn't even know he was here in Atlanta. So I was like, God was just navigating. There was the first people I spoke to after I got the cancer diagnosis at work and left. And <laughs> my wife and I went to Walmart. I don't know. I forgot what we were going to get and ran into a couple, a friend of ours that I used to coach their son in football. And she's a nurse practitioner. And, and they were like, Coach Dave, how you doing? What's going on? And I really didn't say too much. And my wife was saying, oh, he got some news today. He has cancer and blah, blah, blah. It was like, what, Coach Dave? Oh, no. And I was like, yeah, prostate cancer. And found out this gentleman turned around two weeks later, found out he had prostate cancer. So the dynamics of how God was just connecting dots, opening doors to set the platform for this. He was he knew. He just needed a willing vessel to operate. And we started out with four, and I think we're over 50-something now, man. All walks of life, man. Guys, I wouldn't even imagine I would ever have spoke to in my life. So the common denominator is pro prostate cancer, but the group goes into so many different things. It goes into relationships and 
marriages and communication and men's health. And through that, I started a breast cancer, women with cancer, because I invited some of my friends that in October to come share their testimony and they wanted to come back. And I'm like, hold up a minute. I wasn't, y'all were just supposed to be my guest speakers. And I was like, I didn't have an answer and I couldn't answer them then. I was like, well, I have to get back to you. And I was like, Lord, on the way home, like, what, how do I do this? He's like, I've already given you the platform. I was like, okay. So we started that one. And I think we might be the 12 to 15 ladies in that one. And that is is so powerful. And it just, you learn so much. You just think men, talking with men, but then hosting this women's group is, it gives you such a different perspective from a woman's perspective. And they're mostly caregivers and backbones to families and the things that they do that sometimes that we take for granted and just to see them in a different light, different, different levels. So I'm thankful and grateful for that. And they inspire me so much. And then I just would hear the conversations of the military guys at the job talking about this. That, And I was like, for even guys in my unit, like I said earlier, a lot of times we just talked about sports and the good old days when we were drinking and doing stupid stuff, but not really talking about intentional conversations. This past Oreo day, we, we had a reunion back at our Camp Lejeune, and we rented an Airbnb, and everybody was excited. It was good to see everybody. We sat on the back porch, and we just had some good, intentional conversations about, like you said, like cancer. Guys have had cancer, whether personally or if it impacted somebody in their family. Loss of mothers during COVID talked about that. We talked about broken marriages, strained relationships with children or siblings. We talked about guys being laid off or just stressed out or guys on the brink of, look, man, I don't know if I want to check out. So for the first time, we had some conversations that were substance. I was like, God, man, like I never had conversations with my military brothers like that. And I just, it was just through obedience. And then, so now we do, we're starting to do a virtual, we get on virtually now. We'll just see each other's faces and just chime in with each other, encourage each other. Just that same theme, you're never alone. You never know what somebody's going through, someone's challenged with. And so like for me, man, just like I said, being more intentional in my relationships, or even if it's, man, it could be a stranger, it could be a coworker, it could be a neighbor, and then also being present in those times, not being somewhere else when you're occupying another moment. You know what I'm saying? Like so many times we do, because we got so many other responsibilities. Your mind is so off and this and this, and I'm just, nah, man, I'm just, I'm thankful and grateful in in this moment. Because the next one's not promised. We think it is, but it's not. So those are like my my marching orders now. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, the intentional living and vulnerability, getting those conversations going. It sounds as if this entire walk has been a force of trying to just crack your heart open in that love space of just loving yourself and loving others and just loving life and the entire journey of it. And 
I think we get so distracted. Like you said, there's just so much noise in the world and so many things like I got to cook dinner. I got to take care of my family. I got to do all this stuff. And it's like, boom. And then you get struck with something like this and your time stops. Like just, this is it. <laughs> so it just changes everything. You were talking about it earlier, like relationships. We can talk finances. We can talk all surface stuff, but the one commodity, or not really commodity, one asset that we is the most valuable is time. And we don't ever know how much is left in the bank. So let's just come together and love and support and create these spaces of vulnerability and conversation and intentional living and all of these things more often yes. than we do now. Yes. It's funny, man. I have a have a boss. I'm not gonna mention her name. We got the same boss, don't we? And when I got hired on her team, I was like, she's used to a younger team and some other coworkers were in the fifties grade. So what I wanna say old enough to be her dad. I would say older brother or maybe a younger uncle. Put it that way. And she's an awesome person, just very excellent in what she does. And she she challenged me to say, what are your goals? And before that, I was like with the security team for over 10 years and our goals were mapped out for us. You just make sure you go to this training, make sure you keep this qualification, you're good. I struggled with that question, man. Like it, it hit me like a ton of bricks because I couldn't answer her. Like being a husband, being a dad, being a grandfather, being a coach, being an employer, being a teammate or whatever. And doing these, like you say, this constant grind, I never thought about me. I never thought about what my likes were, what I was interested in, what my passions were anymore. It's just going through life's journey. And she was like, don't stress out. Next time we meet, just see. And that, that did something that she cared about my, profession, my, my professional career, but she cared about me as a person. Because she said, it's not all about the company. And so I was like, okay. So we, I jotted some stuff down and I was, there we go, that vulnerability, like share with her, like, what do you think? <laughs> she, that's awesome. That's, I'm so proud of you. Like, it was just those little things of affirmation, of encouragement to that little push. But then I also realized on the back end of that, how God was going to use me to minister to her, the corporate dynamics of what it is in corporate America, but God was using me in a different way. Just so my things is I'll check in on her. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm just calling to check on you. I don't need anything. Just you're good today. Just being that mindful, just being that intentional person to say, hey, it's my responsibility to check on people that are near and dear to me as well, whether it's professionally or personally. And so I think that showed her a different side of what we call like relationships or how we're supposed to deal with one another, especially in the workplace. And so God is showing me that, yeah, you can do this in both places and it's okay. I'm showing you, you could do this in both places and not to be afraid of it because you, like you say, you never know what somebody's going through. And then sometimes they push back because they're not used to it. They push back and they push back, but you still, my mission every day be is to not let people see David Moffat, but to let them see Christ. And I made a choice to serve him and I'm committed to my salvation. Am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect. Do I still struggle and fall times? Yes, I do. But I couldn't do this without him.
I wouldn't even, we wouldn't be having this conversation without him. It's real, it's transparent, and the world needs more of it. Yeah, definitely needs more of it, without a doubt. I think that just, again, speaks into the strength of, even like you were saying, the corporate America part of just, you don't talk that way. Top up doesn't work that way, or bottom up, if you will, doesn't work that way. You're not supposed to ask how people are doing, right? Yeah, we'll ask you in the passing of a hallway or a water cooler, if you will. What's how's it going? But don't really, how are you? No, like seriously, how are you? So, yeah, the whole entire walk of just having that ability to have those conversations and the chance and the opportunity and the, even the gift to. We need to start seeing that a little bit more, even just when we're having a conversation. It could be on a podcast. It could be passing the hallway. It could be a line at a grocery store. Just given the chance to talk to somebody else, we pass it by as if it's just a, an average thing. It's just commonality. Like, yeah, it's okay. But it's a gift of life in order to be able to talk to another person. So yeah, we have to shift our minds and how we see that. And that goes with intentional living, that goes with vulnerability, that goes with slowing down, being mindful of your actions and what you're saying and what you're thinking and why you're doing it. And sometimes we need those questions of getting the goals because it's easy to be an autopilot. We live most of our lives in autopilot and just going through the grind and one day I'll retire and then I'll get to relax. But oh, what do you like? What do you really want to do? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It is. It is, man. Yeah, it's yeah. a good journey and all of it. And it I is. want to know and I want to share as well as if you have any resources or people that you can drive toward your support groups or where they can find more information about your stuff. If they're wanting to even attend in person, it could be Atlanta local that's listening or somebody around the lines of that. Anything you got to drive them to some information to find more? Yeah, we're here. I just started my nonprofit. It's in its baby stages. Courage and Strength to Fight Incorporated. I was fearful of that too, man. We. I do here in the Atlanta area, I do the monthly meetings. I don't even know what to say right now, man. I'm so humble, bro. Like, you don't. <laughs> it's not about me, brother. It's not about me. I'm just thankful to be a voice that he's using me to be a voice and to be an advocate for others. The enemy is busy and I just, I'm just giving him 100 in my faith walk and trusting him in all areas of my life. I will, I will forward you the information so you can share. I'm getting ready to have my first event. I'm excited about that in September 10th and to have a greater conversation and create a greater awareness for prostate cancer. And, uh, it's great, man. It's a great, it's a great joy. And that's the point of it. And man, it's just things that are happening in our lives and each of our lives. And I think we fight against a lot of it and you were able to surrender to something bigger, but that's hard. That's so yeah, hard. So how long, how many years did you fight I against was, it? I was fighting. <laughs> B, you don't know. You don't know, no. I call B, Brian B at work. So that's, if y'all don't call him B, I call him B. <laughs> but he's a good he's a good brother, man. And I truly enjoy our conversations. I enjoy and thankful for the friendship and the brotherhood. I can tell you're a good husband and dad. And and you're planting good seeds, man. And not even in, in so much of your personal, but even your presence in the workplace is honorable and respectful, man, and how you treat others. 
And uh, that's important as well. And your heart, man, speaks volumes, how you deal with folks and the day-to-day. So I'm blessed and thankful to know you, man, professionally and personally. Yeah, oh, man. I yeah, appreciate it. It's good to that. my heart. Yeah. Nah, it's all the same for you. And still going to get you and wait for you to come to one of our date nights. <laughs> We're going to put another one together. <laughs> hey, y'all ain't going to have to find a babysitter, but yeah, um, we'll find yeah that's another we'll big find thing, one. man. We're really trying to encourage married folks as well, man, in this day-to-day, especially with young kids, man. I've been there before. And it's important to know that people are rooting for you and, and supporting you because marriage is tough, brother. And really marriage is about being selfless and sacrifice. But most importantly, that's God's covenant, brother. So we have to really understand what our roles and responsibilities are as God gives it to us so that we can be successful and to inspire others to be purposeful in that covenant. So true. And really in all aspects of it and just getting to the tail end of the show and all of that. But I always like to get an idea of any words of wisdom that you would deliver. And I I like to deliver it in a certain type of question, right? So if you had the chance to talk to a young man, woman, yourself, whatever it be, a younger person, what words of wisdom would you drop now knowing everything you've gone through? If it was just real quick, billboard size, what would you say? It's okay to face your fears. It is okay to face your fears. You don't have to run from your fears. It's okay to face them head on. That's huge. Yeah. I think there's portions of ourselves that we're fearful who we're supposed to be. I know my own walk and my own journey. You've shared yours immensely with me outside of even the show. So you know yours as well, and you're finding yours every day. And that's the thing as well as the journey of it. But we're so fearful. What if I don't? do what I'm supposed to do right? Or what if they see me as a fraud? Or what if I I don't fill the shoes the right way? And just go and face that. Go figure it out, man. Go face, go ask those questions with it standing in your face and don't run from it. So that's huge. That's huge. David, it's been legit. We've cut through almost an hour here. So I'm going to wrap up the show, but it was a great time talking with you and everything that you're doing now to be a support and be a voice. And then also to create the space for others to be vulnerable. And like we've talked about intentional and just authentic and who they're supposed to be and what we go through as humans in this world. It's just it's we don't have to put up these two faces or these two different alternate realities of I'm oh I'm the corporate side I'm broken and hurt and unhealed version of myself that I keep stuck away in a closet somewhere but I'm both right so I have to respect and condone you for everything you've done to step outward in that and to do that in a place and even in an environment like we said corporate america where it's tabooed if you will where it's not commonly seen and you're breaking those molds and shifting and molding that there's not a work-life balance there's a life right i'm a human peon so you're doing great things and it's been an honor so again thank you so much you know it bro And that's this episode of The Art of Mindset with your host, Brian LeSage. If again, you're wanting to see more information about prostate cancer or being in contact with David Moffitt, there's information down in the show notes. It's worth checking out. It's worth reaching out. He's got a lot of information and a lot of ways to help. So 
If any of that resonates with you and you find yourself wanting to find out more, drop down into the show notes. And if you haven't already, hit subscribe, hit follow. We release episodes every Wednesday, 7 a.m. Eastern, and we always have an interesting guest for every episode. And as always, stay curious, keep expanding.